the Fallow Crown have been released from custody following a violent altercation with their lawyers Thaddeus and Yards. The Eton Esquire is known for court theatrics and ferocity representing his clients. Fun fact, they're also half a dedicated member of the Iron Church. Get those games! How can someone be a half-member? Well, apparently Thaddy isn't much for exercise, but Yachts has got squats. Sadly, since they share the same body, it's quite an uphill battle. In any case, the Twin Titan, who is also a card-carrying member of the Adventurer's Guild, and with 16 staggering multi-class levels under what must be one hell of a belt, was knocking on the door of legendary status before retiring to pursue his career. I hate to correct you, Paige. <laughs> who am I kidding? I love to correct you. The Thaddeus and Yoth are multi-class. He most certainly is. Ten in Wizard and six in Barbarian. I've been patient with you so far on the misuse of Etten's pronouns, but I draw the line when it comes to stats. Yachts is a 10th level wizard, and Tad is a 6th level barbarian. Not very stat optimized, but they make it work. Egad! Did I blunder some numbers for the two-tongued terror? Forgive me if I don't flog myself. It's a two-headed giant. Your sarcasm notwithstanding, Etten's are not plural beings. The two beautiful souls in the same body deserve to be treated as such. Perhaps, but they share one diaper. Incontinence is a serious issue, Paige. Nearly 80% of adults have struggled with a loose deuce at some point in their lives, or gambled on a fart and lost it all. Just look at Dirk. You should have more respect. I'm sure I'll be sued for defamation by the same of which we speak. But until the sensitivity training kicks in, I'll stick to what I know. Whether incontinence or incompetence are at play, one of the two beasts brought harm to an anti-hero, and at the moment the only protection for T&Y are the statutes which safeguard an adventurer's rights to use violence in the pursuit of their quest. Whether this paper shield is enough to hold the force of the administration at bay remains to be seen. We now go live to a statement from the Commissioner themselves. Hello, I'm Johann Goethe. Welcome to my home. Uh, thank you for having us, Mr. Goethe. Yes, well... I would um, not be a very good friend if I didn't. Thank you for inviting us here. What a strange and uncomfortable place. Are we friends? Yeah, I think so. Well, perhaps I am more friend to you than you've been to me, but uh, I think that will change in time. Okay, so you want to be friends? I think this is inevitable at this point. Nice to meet you, friend. He gets back on his knees and keeps working on his permaculture, planting... Things below that will be nurtured by the things above. Nutrients playing together in perfect harmony. He sets the corpse of the rabbit that he's holding aside. There seems to be a pile of them now. Three? Four? It's hard to tell in the massive fur. Those would make a fine stew. <laughs> I, uh, your reputation precedes you. But no, not a stew. Uh, something better, I think. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> I'm certain you all have questions. You're more than welcome to ask them. So very many. We've been gone for quite a while. Hmm. Uh, I suppose the first pressing on my mind is, uh, where is dear Isvet? Ah, well, she's preparing the food. I can't wait to see her again. I thought she had left. I'm quite sure. Unsurprising. I have two questions. Yes. The first one is, what's for dinner? 
And the second one is what happens with the commissioner? The first one is a surprise. But the second I can answer. But to be fair, that was something of a surprise too. The commissioner, at least as far as you remember him, the Isago Shigure, he was um, deposed. Oh no. Yes. They have been suspended, him and Rain Fallen for. Suspended, detained, pending the investigation into their involvement with the Darkwood. Are, are they in jail? Yes. You must understand that the attack on the press conference was a far bigger hit than I think you are aware. As well as the reports of them smuggling artifacts. Even your presence on air was something of a um, bending of the rules. Yes, it seems we've been in over our heads since the beginning. Indeed. But I think this is worse than you imagine. He was unfortunately replaced by Glenn Armistice of the AAA. Oh, Hal never said good things about him. He never does much good things anyway. <laughs> no offense intended. It sounds like Isvet filed some legal paperwork to protect us. <laughs> no, that was me. But uh, I figured uh, nobody would necessarily want to agree to a uh, servitude or wardship with a devil, so I chose somebody that was more uh, amenable to your personal preferences. Well, thank you, I suppose. Seems like a rather complicated series of events. The paperwork was quite straightforward, but um, yes, it was complicated. Are we in some kind of a debt to you for this? Uh, what's a strange question. Uh, no. Not uh, technically. I mean, unless you feel indebted, in which case I would be happy to take whatever uh, assistance you're willing to provide. Just curious, it seems most business deals on Zenith involve giving with one hand and taking with another. Absolutely fair. And in fact, most business deals here in this spoke are exactly like that. But no. So then why are you helping us? Ah, uh, that is, uh, I suppose, the question. Um, it would be unfair of me to simply say that it would be revealed in time, but uh, it will be. Uh, in the meantime, I suppose I can uh, give you the minimum. The <laughs> commissioner, uh, the one that we all prefer, is a old friend. He and I have worked together a lot. He, uh, he and I have similar goals in mind for this place, for error, for everything. So for me, it is in my best interest to make sure that he is protected. How interesting. Yeah. You might recall that when uh, the voting, or what's the word, um, uh, bid for your teamship and your you people individual, you note I was not present and did not in fact bid on any of you. That is because I did not want to uh, overstep and potentially harm the commissioner's uh, goals. Mm. So do the spokesmen from the other spokes also have close ties with the commissioner? <laughs> no. Uh, in fact, you could say quite the opposite. Generally, the uh, spokespeople are in it for themselves. Each and every one of them came to the League of Ultimate Quest with the intent of uh, having a slice of the pie, both metaphorically, shape-wise, and uh, literally. We've met a few of them. I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah, I believe you. Um, no. No, I, I am one of the few who actually has uh, this place's best interest at heart. Though uh, most don't believe me when I say that. <laughs> How long ago was the commissioner deposed? Oh, something uh, like maybe a month after you were uh, disappeared. 
That's a long time to be playing Ice Cry. Yeah. Though no doubt his uh, accommodations were greater than yours, being the uh, former commissioner. Well, um, seems we probably all need to prepare for quite a bit of legal happenings, considering our side of the story might help free the commissioner or write the final line of his sentence. In this position, I doubt you have any uh, power to make any uh, effect on that. In fact, you are in your own hard position, very hard position, because uh, you have no administrator. You are not a part of the League. You've been declared legally dead. You, as far as this place is concerned, are alien, uh, unwelcome, and criminal. So when I say to you that uh, maybe you time to focus on yourselves, uh, you could believe every word of it. If Rain were here, she would definitely be the one that we ask questions on how to solve this. Absolutely. But unfortunately, she was not the kind to ask enough questions herself, which is why she no doubt got herself into the situation she is. But you, uh, your inquisitiveness is uh, uh, refreshing. You understand that here, here in Verata, it is not uncommon for people to go out of their way to not give information and not ask. Well, while we've been gone for some 19 months, we were in Eudaimonia. We've had almost 20 years to think on these. I imagine that would be very beautiful for you and very unwelcome for me. He likes eyes with Penny. Ah, the feeling is mutual, I assure you. You'll be surprised. Uh, What are the benefits of uh, being, uh, as you say, he holds up his fingers in quotes and says, evil? Is that... um, uh, evil people tend not to do, concern themselves too much with other people's alignment. It is the good who tend to be overly concerned with what everybody else is doing with their lives. As far as most devils are concerned, if you want to pet puppies and uh, uh, engage in charity and be just a nice, good old-fashioned person, that is fine. So what's our next move, Crown? We don't... Uh, there's time for this, there's time for this. Uh, at least today you don't necessarily have to worry, or at least not until after dinner. I'll be happy to fill in all the details. Uh, I have a very clear plan in my head of exactly how this should probably go. But uh, for now, I'm just happy to fill in the blanks. As her tummy rumbles, she nods. Ah, hunger is the best spice. Objection. Cinnamon is the best spice. Your move. (laughs) (laughs) That is uh, fair, though I imagine you cannot use cinnamon in a lot of, um, say... uh, well, I suppose you could put cinnamon in a sausage. Eh, well, it's not necessarily always appropriate. But hunger, mm, when eating, always good. I'm afraid Gaspar won't be able to join us for dinner until we find him a body. Otherwise, he'll simply be a wonderful table company. Ah, do not worry about your friend in his incorporeal shape. We can definitely take care of that. Uh, we have, uh, upon hearing of his condition, we... Re- did some surveillance in the place and found a body that will suit him and has been legally and ethically sourced, if that concerns you. I wouldn't even know what's involved. You'd be surprised what you can get in Verata, or perhaps maybe you wouldn't. I'll try not to test that theory too hard. <laughs> yes. Uh, believe me, you won't be uh, dining or supping on uh, living ethically sourced babies or anything, though we could do that if you prefer. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> You're being so accommodating. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I have a question. What has been the well-being or lack thereof of Kinuit since we left? No doubt you're very concerned about them. Uh, I would say they are well. 
whatever you did uh, to the Penny Dreadful, again, lovely name, uh, it seems to have worked for the most part. But uh, there are conditions of survival for them that were not ideal, but accepted. Gilder probably won't want to talk to me ever again. It could be a long road to recovery after such an injury as that. Yeah, even in the, what, uh, 19 months almost? It, it can be a difficult one. Especially for plurals, they are so, we are so, uh, uh, fickle. How has, uh, then Armistice disappointed you as commissioner? <laughs> Honestly, mostly just the fact that he has no, uh, what is, um, ambition for anything other than his own goods and safety. He cares much for how his plans are going, but uh, there's almost no consideration for the future. If I'm not mistaken, the battle standard was the representative team of the AAA. Yeah. Then Glenn certainly has a bone to pick with us. Yeah, yeah, so it seems. He's always been against the uh, commissioner. Uh, the commissioner and he uh, have been butting heads since... Uh, since the AAA has been added as an administrative uh, team. It's been uh, difficult because I I could see where Miss Armistice is coming from and his own self-serving interests are very much in line with my own, but it's all so wasteful. It's all so selfish, and there's no vision to it. Who is leading the battle standard now? I believe there was a Cartman uh, whose names I have a hard time pronouncing. Uh, he was a mastermind rogue, I think. He took over. Uh, we are big fans of Dr. Caustic. That's unfortunate. <laughs> what are we? But he's so gimmicky. Yeah, but he does it so well. Ah, yeah, yeah. I suppose he does. I suppose he does. Eh, but elemental things tend to fall apart when you get into the champion ranks, which I'm sure you might find out if everything goes as we intend. Champion rank. Yeah. Haven't thought about that in... A few decades. Yeah. We don't even have enough people for a team anymore. Ah, exactly. Which is why we have to deal with the first problem. Uh, but this is, this is going on long enough, long enough. Okay, so uh, I've got everything I need here. Uh, I got the rabbits. We are looking good. So uh, maybe it is time for you to have a conversation with Isvet while I tend to the meal. Very good. Uh, we will get our things from our taxi. Uh Fallow Crown, we are invited into someone's home, but we're back on Zenith. The power dynamic has shifted, and Halophon's still out there. We should be ready for anything at any time. Keep your things on you, if you have the option. I keep waiting for some angelic music to fill the air and have him return to finish the job. I wish I could promise that your friend will be back, or that he will still be your friend when he shows up, but... Uh... We have not seen anything of him either, which means that his uh, destination on his disappearance was probably not um, what you might hope. Well, his time most recently here was in serving a Penny Dreadful, and now that she's dispatched of, I'm sure he's very busy back home. Mm, indeed. Well, take care of your things. Maybe have a conversation with his vet, and uh, I will call you to dinner when the time has come. I will go help her in the kitchen. You unload your possessions out of the taxi, get everything ready for yourselves, and then make your way into the home. It's a lovely little place, uh, almost like a cottage, but with more than one room. It's actually very beautifully designed. 
almost entirely mortar and stone. It looks like it was built by hand, not by somebody with a lot of experience in architecture, possibly by Johann himself, judging by his propensity for gardening. As you enter the main room, what you see is an eclectic assortment of possessions. No one aesthetic, no overarching sense of perfection, just small things collected here and there, some antique, some ancient, some modern. This is not what you would expect from a man so adherent to law, but there it is, just a home for a man. The back of the living room leads into a kitchen from which steam can be seen billowing. You see his vet standing there. Her back is turned to you. But even now you can see that she is a changed woman. When first you laid eyes on her, she was an older woman, weary from a life of toil, her long, graying red hair and thin frame hidden away behind the trappings of her station. Before you now, toils a warm and vibrant star. Gone is the wimple that bound her tangled curtain of scarlet and silver. Now her hair is short to the chin, wavy and voluminous, with streaks of white. Her eyes, once so tired, now sparkle like an evergreen forest at dawn. The once deep furrows and lines of her face have faded and filled in, leaving only those that denote a life of joy and quiet contemplation. She wears a simple gray linen blouse with a calf-length chocolate skirt, which flares and flows above the dirty bare feet of one who has spent her day in the garden. The stone circle of Audette is no longer a somber religious collar, but the centerpiece of a worn leather choker, which she touches with a smile when she sees Iavos. She runs to you and throws her arms around you. The warmth and love in her embrace is disorienting. Before, she was a woman bound in service, but she looks at you now as something else, something familial. Oh, little toad, you've come back to me. Please, come. There's so much I need to tell you. As soon as this familial energy is headed towards Iavos, he finds his strength. He scoops her into the hug and lifts her slightly off the ground with a big squeeze. Oh, dear sister Isvet, it... Did you just call me a toad? <laughs> I keep forgetting. I haven't... Oh, there's so much. Oh, sorry. She wipes a tear from her eye. I've been so distracted. It's been such a long process, the grieving and the letting go and the coming to terms with my life. And I, of course, have Johan to thank for that. She looks to him and he smiles, a big warm smile, as he chops the head off of a rabbit and begins to skin it. Papa? Yes. What is it, dear? Who is this? Papa. I... <laughs> I don't understand. I thought she was, um... A very complicated series of events. <laughs> All right. Um, do you remember a long time ago when we first met, I told you that I had been sleeping for a very long time? Y yes, I, I remember. Isvet is a very kind priestess who took care of my body while I was dreaming. She selflessly guided me away from all of the places that didn't want me. She took care of me. She was the closest thing I had to family, and I couldn't even remember her till I awoken. As you say each sentence, she seems more and more uncomfortable. I thought I was your family. You are. 
I'm saying up until that point, that was, other than memories, the closest thing I had to anyone who cared for me. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to stop you there. I have something to tell you, and it might be kind of difficult. Please, um, sit. I have some tea ready, if you'd like it. Um, and we can discuss uh, your past. My past? All right. Well, uh, if it helps in your explaining, just to clarify, in our time in Eudaimonia, uh, Penny was reborn as Penelope, who I have taken as my daughter. And it is one of my life's greatest blessings to have raised her. I've watched the scry uh, probably a hundred times, and every time, uh, as you picked up your own body, uh, it cut. And I just had no imagining of what could happen from that moment. And the last thing I would have imagined was you being a father. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever ready for it, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's definitely the old adage, but um, this is a little bit more complicated. I agree completely. <sighs> I take Penelope's hand in mine as we sit down at the table. Reassured by this gesture of comfort, she nods and looks to Isvet. Well, if Papa considers you family, then I will too. I'm Penelope Isadora. Name is Vet Pritchard, though it's been a long time since I used that name. Whew, I am having all sorts of reactions. Um, let me get you their tea. I need the tea. Leaning over to Penelope, I'm sorry I didn't mention her before. She was technically not legally on Zenith, and if I spoke about it, she could have been in great trouble. It's okay, Papa. Her hair is really pretty. It really is. Gaspar is going to lean towards Iavos, gesturing that this is meant to be a private conversation. With a whisper, Iavos, I recognize guilt when I hear it in their voices. I appreciate your insight, Gaspar. But let's see what she has to say. She comes back and her eyes are still somewhat red. She sets down the tea, which seems to be some kind of uh, tarragon mix. It's rather herbal and warm, and it seems to excite your hunger even more so. When I was a girl, I lived on a plane uh, whose name I didn't know, because most people don't know the names of their planes or their celestial designation, the coordinates. They don't know their gods, and they don't know that they themselves are singular or plural or what. Well, I was raised by a cruel family, Pritchard's. Uh, my father, uh, Wayland, uh, soon in his trip, was a drunk. And my mother was an addict to medicines that she no longer needed. My brother was a sick boy who, in truth, was irredeemable. Evil at his heart, I think. And I had a little brother who I cared for to the best of my ability. One day, we had an incident. It seemed that a black water had been pouring from our mountain and poisoning us. Poisoning, in fact, my littlest brother. Uh, my father, despite his uh, propensity for self-abuse and, in truth, the abuse of his family, 
he had a soft spot for doing what he thought was right by his community. So he put together a small group and, with the help of a druid from the woods, went up the mountain and they stopped the Blackwater. It was amazing, the best thing we could have hoped for. But it didn't help my little brother. No, I think there was something else at play. When, when the nasty one came for me, he wanted to hurt my little brother. And that little boy stood up and cast the most terrible magic I've ever seen and struck him dead. He had already killed our mother and I knew that there was no way our life was going to go back to something salvageable. So I took him in my arms and I carried him out. But that wasn't the end of the story because I knew that there was no way that we were going to get clear of our past if there was any part of it left over. So I nailed the windows shut and the doors except the front and when my father came home I burned the place to the ground. I murdered him and I don't regret it for a second. For the longest time I felt like I was a bad person for doing it but I knew it had to happen. He was a monster. He just didn't know it yet. And while he might have had some good traits and there might have been something about him that was salvageable, I couldn't have him chasing us. That kind of desperation, that kind of quest to find something you've lost only to find that it hates you, I would have destroyed him and it would have destroyed us. So I killed him. And I escaped. Time passed. I took that boy to Father Clovich at the top of Clay Street on the Blue Bluffs. And there he took care of us. He protected me. He even lied to the magistrate's men when they came looking for the son of the man who had supposedly committed some crime. I suppose it was my father. In the end, I don't know what happened to that place, but I took care of that little boy. You see, the dark wood changed him. Black from the crown of his head spreading down, turning him into something else. Lost and alone. Lost in his own heart. There's a smashing sound as a teacup falls to the ground. I'm so sorry, little toad. I should have told you. Pritchard? I. That's your name, I suppose. When? When did I fall asleep? Days before he left. And you never really woke up. Just the sleepwalking, sleep-talking, magic here and there. I'd hear you whispering and I would write it down. She reaches into a bag nearby and pulls out a journal, cobbled together notes, and she slides it across the table to you. I don't know what you're going to find in there and I don't think there's anything important, but I did what I could. So all that time that you were taking care of my body, You were protecting your little brother. Yes. I took him to everybody I could. I became a missionary, you see. uh, Father Clovich, he made me an acolyte. And then he became a missionary. And then I started wandering. All around. Everywhere I could find. Anywhere I could go. And nobody could help. Healers. 
shaman, sorcerers, none of them. Until I met that man, that engineer, that one who told to me about the planes. He used his machine to find you for me. He put me on the path towards planar travel. It took a while, but he made it here eventually. And then the commissioner and his men, they took you from me. It was for the best, I'm sure, but I've been so lonely. Iavos gets up from the table and looks down at the pitch black tips of his fingers and falls to his knees, wrapping his arms around Isvet, weeping. I forgive you. The two of you sob for a time, your friends uncertain as to their place. Throughout the telling of this story, Penelope grows increasingly anxious, fidgeting, tugging at the hem of her dress. She looks very uncomfortable, but she dares not interrupt them. Penelope, let's give them a moment. All right. Gaspar is going to give a comforting pat on Ayavos' shoulder before leading Penelope out of the kitchen. It seems that keeping secrets runs in our family. That's not something Ayavos would have taught you. But unfortunately, it seems as if all of us have been led by secrets. Perhaps it's what's brought us together. She nods, reaches out her hand, and takes the hand of the golden arm. You expect cold gold beneath your fingers, but instead it is warm, hot, and electric. It seems to radiate with a kind of heat, almost feverish. And as you clasp your hand around it, you hear a voice behind you. I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, I was uncomfortable, and uh, everything needs to brace for a while, so I thought now would be the time to give you your body. Yes, perfect timing. Please, come with me. He walks around the cottage towards a cellar door. Now, you said ethically sourced? Yeah, ethically sourced. By whose ethics? By whose standard? Uh, technically by the standard of the body. Agreeable. He opens the cellar door and begins to step down. As you go, you see what looks like a sequence of cages deep in this cellar. Stone walls, dirt in places, maintained but not terribly well, again, by someone who maybe isn't experienced with this. Some of these cages are empty. Others contain monsters. A creature whose tongue is long and barbed, extending from a sphere of deepest black. A man who seems to have no face. A woman who looks like the very picture of beauty and desirability, but as you approach, her mouth splits open vertically, and gnashing teeth try to bite at you. Finally, you come to a familiar face. Before you, in an iron cage, stands the tortured, brutalized body of Johann Goethe. Nearly two years ago, the first of many crimes of the fallow crown was brought to light 
unauthorized entry into the battle axis. Innocuous enough, but this was only the beginning of their misdeeds. Death, destruction, and horror follow this team wherever they go, and, aided by the former commissioner, were able to avoid justice at every turn. I vow to uphold the laws of this satellite with all the power vested in me by the administration. I swear as the commissioner of the League of Ultimate Questing, the fellow crown and any other team or entity that would bring harm to the good people of Zenith will be made to answer for their actions. The League lost more than a hero that day. Ophidian Ashpool was like a son to me. And, while the actions he took under the influence of Penelope Farthing's alter ego were deplorable, the Fallow Crown's actions were their own. It is because of these very events that I hereby prohibit the admission of plural entities into the League of Ultimate Questing. Never again will the people of Zenith come to harm as a byproduct of the machinations of so-called higher beings. Never again will ideas made flesh and would-be gods influence or alter the minds and wills of the common folk. Never again shall we be answerable to those who lord power and plurality over the humble singular. We're about to witness a plainer phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. This weekend at the Danmerian Solar Dome, it's Bartstock 15. Three days of live shows featuring headliners Smash Cash Thrash Slash and dozens of your favorite musical artists. The Grateful Undead, Backstabbeth, Aladrin Light Orchestra, Displacer Beastie Boys, Sex Crossbows, Lawful Neutral Milk Tavern, Deep Purple Worm, System of a Drow, Diane Mithril Talica, The Velvet Underdark, Re-Rolling Stones, Earth, Wind, and Fire Elementals, Skeleton John, NPC Speedway, David Longbowie, Chitin in Chains, Florence and the Constructs, Thin Lizard Folk, Wyvern Skinnerd, Madron English, Smash Mouther, They Might Be Hill Giants, and so much more. Three days of Bardic Majesty, three days of inspiration, three days of Bardstock 15. Get tickets today. Hail you cuties. Something mid-roll this way comes. 
The Crown is finally back on Zenith, and a whole new world of trials and tribulations lie before them. We can't wait to share the rest of this chapter with you, because we had a really good time recording. Continuing our mid-roll highlights on Battle Axe's teams from the Patreon, this week we cover two teams, the hero-ranked M&Ms. Metal and Mana, consisting of Craig as Talitha Al-Salim, and Telverin as Splish. Then we have the Motley Masquerade, with Reshbin as Pyre Larisharn, Arabana as Duncan Disorderly, Scott Daniel Comerford as El Ser, and Christopher as Clint of the Eastwoods. And of course our legendary mid-roll teams are as follows. The Titans Rise, the Twilight Concord, and this week's featured team, the Ceaseless Horde, with Dave Mlodinoff, Daniel Pickens-Jones, Patch Perryman, and Jeff Evans. For personal messages or advertising opportunities to be read during the mid-roll, contact admin at slapdashstudios.com. Be sure to hop over to twitch.tv forward slash slapdashstreams to follow our channel for Monday Night Live premieres with our very own Dana. Our temporary mailing address is P.O. Box 2511 Southeast Pine Street, Portland, Oregon, 97214 if you have anything you're dying to send the cast, as long as it's not homemade food. And if you're in the general Portland area, there's still time to get tickets to the next Goblin Up event at Wayfinder Brewery. To find more info, visit wayfinder.beer. You can't beat a URL like that. This time, me, Zach, and Dana will be running games, Max will be on the scene, and many of our other friends and colleagues will be around. We'd really love to see you there. If you're in the Pacific Northwest and want to find out more info about this kind of things, you can join the Discord and follow the Community tab, where we post regularly about local meetups and just hanging out with fans and each other. And that's only one of the many reasons to join our amazing Patreon and the wonderful family that resides there. But that's enough out of me. Let's get you back to the Battle Axis. Our enemies march through the Auburn Vale this very night. Our northern forces are dwindling after their last assault on the Outer Kingdom. My spy masters speak of warships heading into our waters to the east, and our navy remains scattered. Our walls haven't been breached in three generations, but the threat of imminent battle hangs like a gallows rope over the streets of our capital. We will fight. I don't care how many soldiers it takes. I don't care how many farmers have swords forced into their hands. I don't care how many corpses we must stack to block our enemy's path. Our future is red. If we survive this trial, one day you will take the throne, my son. You must prepare yourself for these kinds of decisions. What would you do if faced with threats on all sides? Um, maybe try to be nice and ask them to be friends and get to know them a little. Has this ever happened to you? Have the seeds you've sown to carry on your royal bloodlines come up a little soft in the head? Is all you dream of a successor to carry on the strength and tenacity of your rule? Well, good news! Now, there's fresh air. Simply fill out the questionnaire and in no time you'll have a new son send right to your door. They'll be tough, ruthless, calculating, and most importantly, look the part. Our transmutation specialists can turn the softest of scions into the hardest of inheritors. We'll even help you dispose of the original for a small added fee. Kill them, father. Hunt down their leaders and cut their throats in the night. 
burn their villages and slaughter their mothers to halt their future armies from daring to set foot on our soil. That's my boy. If you're in a hurry to get your new son onto the throne, ask about our usurper package. Fresh air, where bad successors get thrown away before they get the throne. Johann Goethe hangs from iron chains in an iron cage, and he looks up with a wry smile. Great. You've brought friends this time. Good. I was looking for something new. Is this a, um, identical twin situation? Or, are you a changeling? He pats you on the shoulder. <laughs> no, my friend. I am a Falzugon devil. I am a plural. Yes. Okay. That was not something I ever doubted. But plurals, should you be in the same place at the same time? Interesting, isn't it? Well, turns out plurals only stay plural, at least in that context, if they don't shatter. But here I am, a splintered singular, made up of thousands and thousands and thousands of versions of myself. But this one, it wasn't good enough to have to go off and be on his own. He had to find something. He had to look for some kind of sense of vengeance. You see, our lives were ruined when I did what I did. And he was not willing to accept that. So he looked for me. And he found me. Turns out, you can't just find somebody when you go there. They find reason to not be there. You're like you say, with the plurality. But there's technology out there to make sure that you can be in the same place as yourself. Just look at your, um, what do they call it? Uh, Antiheroes. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you not know that? Interesting. What does that have to do with the anti-heroes? That's exactly what they are. Haven't you ever noticed how they seem to do things in perfect sequence? They know exactly what to do, when to do it, and how. They all sound the same. That's what those things are when you look them in the eye. They are squads of four of the same person. And this is somebody who chose to make a very bad decision trying to come after me. But you can use his body if you wish. At least for tonight. Are you not afraid this is going to make dinner quite awkward? No, no, no. For one thing, it's um, it's just a body. It's just flesh. Sure, there's something inside that has value, but uh, ultimately you're just you're using it for food. That's fine. I don't care. I'm sure he doesn't either. Wouldn't you like some food in your stomach? Yeah, sure, why not? The typically he force feeds me the um excrement of the others. <laughs> See, again, he's uh, you will be more than happy to have a little bit of food in his belly and uh, a little bit of time to heal. Hopefully, he brushed his teeth. Oh yeah, yeah, we will we'll tend to you. We'll tend to you. You get all all of the things you need—a good set of clothing and everything else. If you don't mind my asking, yeah, what caused you to splinter? Oh, that's a very personal question. Very personal. Um, uh, oof, let's say, um, well, I suppose love would be a bit prosaic of a thing to say, yeah? But not far from the truth? Hmm. Fascinating. I stole candy. <laughs> uh, yeah? Is that so? Yeah. It's a long story. 
<laughs> you are fascinating people. Hey, he kicks the cage. Hey, kicks the cage again. What? You'll be on your best behavior, yeah? Trust me, I'm sure that Mr. Gaspar here is more than capable of keeping you back. And don't worry, as much as I like hurting you, it's not worth keeping you around if you're going to cause problems. I'll just kill you if that comes down to that. He looks at you from the cage. Kind of rolls his eyes and gives a weak thumbs up. You realize that his thumbs are broken. Hmm. I look forward to working with you. (laughs) It's uncertain how long you've been embracing your sister. But now, the feelings are beginning to abate. And what's left is a hollow feeling. Expended. She grabs one of the cold cups of tea and takes down its contents in a single gulp. That was good. I needed that. (laughs) Oh yes, I needed that. Oh, I'm so confused. I... I am too. Uh, Penelope. Oh, it seems they took their leave. Quite the spectacle I've made of myself, huh? Oh, well, no more than me. (sighs) No father wishes to let their daughter see him cry. I can attest to that. Old bastard would just get drunk and go out and punch trees until his fingers bled. Little knowing that I'd have to tend to him. I feel grateful that I have little memory of this. You should. He wasn't the worst, though. Oh, Pascal. Oh, he was awful. He was just so awful. He'd find any opportunity to do you harm. Hmm. So this... I say, kind of grazing my hand over the top of my head. Some kind of poison. I don't know about all that. To oversimplify... That's what I assume. I didn't know what happened when they went up to the summit. But when they came back, everything was fixed. They no longer had any of the issues. Water stopped running black, at least as far as I could tell. But I couldn't promise that's true. Places burned down. Uh, the magistrates, men, they burned the whole place, killed everybody. Couldn't afford to let word out that they'd failed somehow. I went back some time later and I saw it all charred remains and nothing left. Not like that one little town's going to make any kind of difference. I just didn't... I didn't know the truth of my family. Uh, This body's family. Uh, And now I understand that they were real. But what of the others? And now I have a new family. And an old family returned from the past. It's so much to take in. I find it's best not to think of them as family. It's an easy enough idea. Family. This uh, concept. But it's... It's so big, but too simple. Oh, family's a thing you're born to. Or it's also this, and it's also another thing. And you can have a chosen family. And all of it is just us trying to define something that defies definition. I... Don't worry about it. They're just people. I'm just people. You don't owe me anything. I, I did what I had to do because you deserved it. Because I, I took your life away from you and I, you had nothing left. And what was I going to do? Just leave this poor boy that I loved to die in a burning building while I ran away from my past? It's too much. Chosen or not, one of the most important aspects of family that sticks with you is surviving together. Oh, I suppose... 
that makes us as much family as anybody. And in its own cruel way, those wicked people you describe from my childhood were in many ways my family. They kept me alive. We lived together, survived in a harsh world, even if there was no love. Oh, they did their best, that's for sure. And they always had their good moments. That's the worst part. It's nobody's just a monster. They're not like, they're not like demons. They're not devils. They're just people. Always, every moment of their lives is a question or a choice, and they make the wrong one so many times that it doesn't matter how many times they make the right one. It's all just a tally, some kind of divine weighing of value and consequence. And in the end, they were found wanting. The scales too far tipped. And they got what they deserved. I only wish that his poor friends didn't have to suffer. One of them was dead, I know that much for sure. He had blood on his hands. The others... You know, there was a moment when I was looking at it from afar. I saw smoke rising and I thought it might be from the fire. But it wasn't. It, it, it was a cottage. Covered in green. Beautiful. Could have sworn there were people living there. Anyway, whoever they were, they were replanting. Seeds sowing. Things coming back. That was good. Something made from the dark. Something grown from the ash. More tears are welling in Iavos' eyes as he's processing his thoughts. You understand that ever since I woke up, my driving ambition has been to return to that family in my dreams. I know part of it is real, but now... Now I have real family in flesh and blood, in this world, in two forms. Am I to abandon those who raised me for true? For that what I have here, the guaranteed? I don't know where to go with my life now. I can't have both. Nothing's changed. That was a question you always had to answer for yourself. Now you just have more information to make that decision. And why even worry about that decision until the moment's come? You can't just let those years go. Hell, you can't. That's exactly what I've done. With Johan's help, I finally found some sense of peace. And that time doesn't mean anything to me now. It shouldn't mean anything to you either. It did with that family. They were kind. And it was many, many years. But there is truth to your words. If my experience has taught me anything, I said, if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. In a world of magic and gods and fate, it's safe to assume that something's going to play out whether you want it to or not. No use fretting. She touches the stone circle at her throat. I've been trying to find the strength to be able to make the decisions myself. To wield the power to influence the path ahead of me. It's all I can think to do. And I'm... Unfortunately, fairly good at it, but there's still so much unknown. Well, clearly the decisions you've been making alone haven't been playing out very well for you. And as somebody who's gone down that road enough, I can say it might be time that you bring other people into your decision-making process. Not me, necessarily. I mean, in fact, if anybody, I shouldn't be the one who's making any decisions about your future. I had enough of that. But your friends, I think they'll have your best interests at heart. Yes. Yes, I think they always have. At that, you hear footsteps coming from the back door. Hello? Is everybody okay? 
Yes, I'm sorry, I've made a mess of your teacup. <laughs> you won't believe it. Where we went, it was even more awkward. <laughs> oh, man. oh, I'll say. You hear the voice of Gaspar, but the body that steps in is yet another Johan. That's very strange. I feel as though anytime we're both in the same room, it's going to be mega awkward. I mean, the one with the golden arms giveaway, but... You're standing in a body that is not yours. And unlike the healthy, spry, young flesh of that ridiculous god creature that you walked into before, this is something battered, broken, and miserable. Before, you felt like there was a distant connection to some greater force, some greater purpose, that whisper of plurality that you could almost touch if you reached far enough. But this thing, there's a hollow Something empty, like a heart cut out. And that's to say nothing of the agony of the body that has been broken. Your thumbs, most of your fingers, fingernails pulled off, nose broken, cuts, scrapes, bruises, gashes, deliberate carving on your flesh. You are in terrible shape. And for a moment, you can really understand the agony that this man has been putting his own plurality through. It's almost like I stepped out of heaven and went straight to hell. <laughs> oh, wait, that's exactly what's fucking happened. <laughs> Gaspar, you look awful. I mean, no offense to you, Mr. Goethe. I just mean physically. You look like the dogs got to you. Oh, I feel awful. I think I feel a bit of healing magic is required before I enjoy dinner. At that, Isvet looks at Johan and kind of gives a should I gesture, and he nods pleasantly. I was kind of on the same boat, like <laughs> about to heal this strange Gaspar figure. She steps forward, touches the stone circle at her throat, and then begins to move her hands over your body through healing touch and slight massage. Every bone that she begins to press into, you can feel it start to snap back into place, knit itself back together. As she goes over flesh, it begins to weave into a whole cloth once again, and as it does, it itches like you would not possibly believe. A sensation that you haven't felt in a long time. The healing of a living body. Oh. <laughs> Even healing doesn't feel good here. <laughs> but thank you. This is much better. You take some time to clean yourself, brush your teeth, just generally tend to your body as you currently inhabit it. And when you come out, you are assaulted with hunger. The air is full to burst with smells of food. And you, having for so long lived in a body that did not need it, could not begin to imagine how horribly your stomach aches. Dinner is beer and bacon braised rabbit with grilled radicchio, roasted potatoes over pumpkin puree topped with brandied cherries and pumpkin seeds. Johan begins to plate and urges you all to sit. I'll sit right next to Penelope. Sorry you had to see me like that, dear. I got a bit away from myself. Oh, I, I don't mind at all, Papa. You should know that I have uh, no intention of claiming any kind of familiarity with you. Um, but I'm happy to be your friend, if you should choose. 
Penelope still seems a little reluctant, but says, you know, I've never had an aunt before. That's fair. I've never had a niece or any real family that I felt mattered at all, except you, looking at Yavos. Well, Penelope, you are my heart. You are my dear child. But this information, knowing that I have a sister who is alive, I do intend to spend some time with her if she'll have it. But I would happily bring you along every time and always return to you. Wow, you know, I thought we were done with the heavy stuff, but uh, here it comes again. Well, for the past few years, I've been kind of the weird uncle. <laughs> so, welcome to the club, Yusfet. We we can talk about it later. I just didn't want you to feel left out or confused. The rabbit is getting cold. Let's have some, yes? <laughs> yes, that sounds nice. As you begin to eat, Johan explains the situation you're in. Look, earlier I told you that you are not currently members of the League of Ultimate Questing, and that is true. You're also technically not alive, though that's being handled right now. So what we need to address is the uh, how we get you where you need to be. First, well, I'm already handling the paperwork, but there is another issue. You are only a team of three, and uh, in order to reclaim your place, you will need a team of four. Now, that's actually not too bad. We can do that pretty easily. You see, um, <laughs> you don't have the glory to bring back your fallen ally, uh, which is unfortunate, but cool thing is, with administrative approval, which could be uh, potentially an issue, but probably not, uh, you can enter what is called a glory hole. Oh, we have those in Eudaimonia. Good soup. <laughs> Which side? Sorry. Oh, you are, you are the worst. This is not, you know what I mean. This is um, a debt, glory debt. In order to go into glory debt, in order to bring your friend back, you will have to get administrative approval. One of the reasons why this is a very, very easy thing for you to do right now is because he was murdered by a teammate. If he was killed in quest, a totally ordinary quest, that would be a different story. But, uh, it's a rare situation. So, we can get administrative approval without even needing a supermajority, and the whole time, we can just send documents. It's just paperwork. However, that glory debt is not going to go away. Once you have it, you'll have to pay it off. And you have a deadline. I'm familiar with these situations. Ha, <laughs> yes. I'm sure you are. So we'll be strong-armed into more quests. Nothing new there. Yeah, well, yes. I mean, if that is if you want to be a part of the League again, and if you want your friend to be alive. I want that very much, that second part anyway. <laughs> I am a little confused. I've done a fair bit of research on resurrection, but it's still a power far beyond my understanding. But many of the things I've referenced require either a soul or part of a body, and Wuxia was something strange. It was a collection of pieces just sort of moving somehow. <laughs> not quite undead, not quite alive. One of a kind, to be sure. And all I have of him is, well, a bit of essence. That is enough. Believe me, all you need is something. But even better, you are not trying to resurrect him. You couldn't afford to resurrect him. In fact, you cannot get administrative approval for a uh, glory debt 
to resurrect, but you can reincarnate. Oh. Oh. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A chair clatters to the floor as Penelope bolts upright, pushing her mostly full plate away from her. Are you saying we can get Wusha back? Yeah, after a fashion. You will, uh, of course, he might not look exactly like the Wusha. Then let's go. I'm not hungry anymore. He might be like a horseman (laughs) or something. uh, (laughs) Or some kind of uh, cow man. Why am I thinking so much in terms of uh, farm animals? No, you understand this reincarnation. He changes who he is. His body is different. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Let's get him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay. We Uh, don't leave crew members behind. uh, Yeah, yeah, you do, though. I mean, uh, Halifonos is uh, somewhere else, and uh, you, you know, it's okay, though. You don't have to worry about that. Sorry, I didn't mean to make you feel guilty. We're going to get Wusha back as soon as we can, but it sounds like we have to wait for the wheels of bureaucracy to turn. Uh, Sort of. Like I said... We've already set out the information. We're just waiting for a response. <sighs> Linear time is so dumb. <laughs> yeah, Amen, <it's>, sister. <laughs> oh, believe me, I know. But uh, they don't do reincarnation the way you probably are used to or have seen. Uh, reincarnation, when someone like you does it, it's just, okay, let's see what we roll on the dice. And you throw the dice and then hopefully it comes out to be something you can manage. But what a strange metaphor. That sounds like something Halophon would say. <laughs> but uh, with this, it is uh, kind of like a cosmic rota. You see, uh, the clerics of Aura, they are bound to maintain balance, which means there is a list of which clerics get to do reincarnations. So you will actually be given a choice on who he becomes. They are incentivized to make sure that the deal is the best deal possible because they want their god to be the one to do the resurrecting. But uh, sometimes you don't get any good choices. Hmm. To be fair, the body he had was pretty beat up. Yeah. Not much of it left from the original. It was also full of holes. (laughs) And crabs. And an octopus, I'm pretty sure. So you're saying there's a chance that we get Wusha, but he doesn't stink up the place. Yeah, probably. Unless there's something about his nature that makes him stink. I remember him being undead or something, so maybe whatever the body is, there'll be some issues. But that's not important. So, the Wusha thing is handled. That'll be done no matter what. You are also, and this is important, adventurous. You are part of the Adventurer's Guild. Early on, when you first signed your contracts, you might have noticed that they're not the same thing, the League of Ultimate Questing and the Adventurer's Guild. Yeah, so, you are protected. You have rights, you have privileges. That's very good. The problem is that in order to overcome your limitation of not being members of the League of Ultimate Questing, you are going to have to get a supermajority vote. Uh, Is anybody familiar with what a supermajority is? So you're talking like over two-thirds? Yeah, two-thirds. And it has to be all members present. Of the spokes? Yeah. Oh, not just the spokes. Uh, that is the problem. Everybody thinks that it is just uh, spokespersons. But in fact, the team is much bigger than you think. So first, you have the entirety of the spokes. That's six votes right out. Then on top of that, you have the AAA, 
But because Glenn Armistice is currently both the head of the AAA and the head of the commission, he only gets a single vote, which is good for us. You also have the Magical Union of Laborers, Aura, and the Guild of Adventurers. They also get a vote. Hmm. Well, that doesn't sound too bad. I wonder if they'll let us plead our case or anything like that. Yeah, not so much. Uh, however, you can visit the ones who are swing votes. And that's what we're going to talk about. But before we do that, let's talk about your crimes. Because one of the reasons why maybe the vote is a little easier for them to make is the fact that you have done some bad things. Now, most of what you've done is not something that is punishable by Zenithal law. A lot of what you've done in Zenith is uh, par for the course, I think they say, for what an adventuring team does. However, there are some things you have done that are uh, cosmically troubling. First, the murder of Hexbane Abavasia of the Godhunter Battalion, and thereby facilitating the escape of cosmic war criminal Farik Sunderholm. He was in your home, and so his death falls under self-defense which is great. Uh, the rest is not to fall under zenithal jurisdiction, so you're clear on that for now. Everybody with me so far? Yes. Two, the destruction of the Darkwood Heart Tree, thereby interfering with the development or destruction of an abstract plane or cosmic force. This is also not under zenithal jurisdiction, but possibly answerable to a higher power. Let's hope they don't ask for an extradition. Three, accessory after the fact to multiple counts of planar trafficking. Sale of goods which threaten the balance of the greater real. Again, this is technically out of our jurisdiction. However, if it comes to light that the commissioner was culpable in any way for the attack on the press conference or the trafficking of those goods, you might be accountable for that. There are others, but these are the ones you are most likely to be charged with by a higher power. Any questions? But Wusha isn't guilty of any of that. Uh, yeah, he very much is. And other things as well. You understand that as a team, unfortunately, you are a part of the same organization, which means you can be tried as a conspiracy. Anything any of you has done applies to all of you. <sighs> also, yes, I believe Wusha was in part responsible for the death of Amavasia, and uh, as well as the destruction of the Darkwood Heart Tree. Oh, sorry, I stopped listening after the second or third one. So, you can see that you are responsible for those things, but we are going to focus on the things you are responsible for in zenithal jurisdiction. And all of you have done something. Isn't that great? Uh, not one of you is being tried for nothing. So, uh, we have simple things, like Yavos, uh, using astral projection to enter the Axis without an assigned quest. That is something that the zenith people can have a problem with, that uh, Wusha, who uh, is currently in a bottle, unlawful harvesting of Leviathan materials and the smuggling of divine ambergris. Gaspar, the assassination of Fey dignitary Fetch Killian. You were technically absolved of this crime by the broken court. However, the zenithal matter is uh, unresolved. They were willing to ignore it, but um, perhaps Armistice might decide to bring that up. Halafan Orison Jr., the murder of Ophidian Ashpool, the murder of Usha Brainchild, and Penny. Oh, oh, Penny. Through neglect or intent, 
granting primacy to a hostile plurality. This makes you culpable for every single thing that Penny Dreadful did, including the attempted destruction of Kinuant and its inhabitants. Which means, my love, Penny, you are wanted for genocide. Glenn Armistice, Commissioner of the League of Ultimate Questing, has officially banned plural entities from joining the LUQ. But what does that mean for Penny? He cannot remove her Adventurer's Guild status. And should the trial go her way, she's already and always has been part of a team. But this would prevent new plural members or readmittance for those who have lost status. Since Penny first arrived, a smattering of abstracts have made the LUQ a personal goal, and many of them have succeeded. How many of those have ulterior motives? Impossible to say, but the Commissioner's actions are understandable, if not favored, among the people. I'm surprised at you, Paige, being a plural yourself. Precisely why I advocate against their admission into the League. I know better than any the threat plural life can pose. It should also be noted that while I am still technically plural in nature, I chose a singular life, and for good reason. Well, whatever the reasons, the pluralities of Zenith are not happy about it. 20% of the spokes are plural, and after Benny's big debut, they had aspirations of becoming members. Now those dreams are all in the trash can, right next to all the sugary snacks and trans fats that I cleared out of the EXPN break room. In any case, the deed is done and the die is cast. The fallow crown must succeed in their trial, or Penny Farthing will never again be permitted into the league. Could you? I can't be the only vessel for darkness on Zenith. <laughs> How could you upstage my crimes? <laughs> I just committed a murder. That's it. <laughs> I killed one guy. It was a diplomatic. Uh, I am official. the hardened criminal on our team. Murderer's looking pretty tame right about <laughs> now. <laughs> I accidentally dreamed too hard. <laughs> <laughs> let's go around the table and hear our favorite moments starting with <gasps> hmm let's see my favorite moment is the Johan reveal sorry number two Han uh, <laughs> yo 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 Johan yo, uh, yo. <laughs> I don't know the cellist <laughs> <laughs> the cellist mm. yeah. oh he's in a cellist oh, yeah. mm. beautiful um <sighs> Yeah, I think that was a that was a good gift. That was um, if I'm going to be walking around, like the confusion I could cause in the axis. I was curious as to how I was going to organically cover the fact that he's a splintered plural, uh, and yeah, I was like, I was "This like, is the perfect way to do this." I'm just going to slide it right in. You want a body? I got a body for you, baby. Yeah, that's who. And he did it for love. Yeah. Oh. I'm going to flip the script here. My mm. moment of my my favorite moment is going to be a moment of infamy, uh, Zach. Why would you do this to us? Why would you describe such delicious sounding fucking food right before we go eat lunch? <laughs> you piece of absolute hairy garbage. I have craved pumpkin puree. That, 
everything about that meal, right? Fucking everything <laughs> about that sounded so goddamn good. Yeah, that was like a real ass meal. Right? <laughs> Fucking whipping out your George R. R. Martin all the fuck over us, you goddamn monster. Like, like my meals are somehow not usually real. Well, no, it's like it, it wasn't a fantasy meal. No. Like oh. that was a straight up, like we could eat that. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking that that was my favorite moment because of how viscerally upset it made me because I wanted that in front of me right fucking now. Love it. I am I am as hungry as Penny. Um, <laughs> my favorite moment is uh, is that finally like revealing the 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 Darkwater story to Iavos and um, that was awesome. It was very hard not to interject. Like, tell me more about the Druid. Like, <laughs> like if you were to compliment the Druid, what would you say? <laughs> oh, whose blood did he have on him? <laughs> also. Um, you know, never never answer this question, but Angelo and I do headcanon that uh, Green Man and um, Tallwater, Tallwater, T-W. TW, uh, settled down together after. after I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> yeah. How many? How many babies? Um, well, I mean, we'll we'll see. Maybe right. we'll meet some. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Furbolgs were almost extinct before <laughs> Tallwater birthed. Oh boy! <laughs> entire generation of them. He gave birth to so many fucking furballs. It's that goblin uh, birthing cycle. Yeah. It's like it's meant for a horde. Yeah, and we're not ta- we're not talking about like you know some eight pound bouncing baby boy with a slightly big head. We're talking some hardy eight like nineteen oh, yeah, pounders, like yeah. big boy, like a thirty gallon bag of compost, <laughs> <laughs> a Costco pallet. <laughs> Horrifying. The kind of shit they only pick up on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do the Johan imprisoning Johan, but I think, you know, just getting some very conflicting cry time with Iavos is very good and wholesome and emotionally important. Yeah. My favorite, honestly, was being able to act both of those characters. I It's rare I get to play two characters who are so different in personality, so different in voice, so different in cadence. And also so different in accent. Unfortunately, I kept fucking it up. Y'all won't hear that, but really? there were really both Johan sounded good. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> really nailed that. I will. I will. Ser- y- y'all are not going to hear how many times I slipped into Irish while trying to do Johan and slipped into German while I was trying to do fucking uh, Isvet, but it happened. But I mean, that's not an interesting thing. And that's why we don't include that garbage in the goddamn edit. And in fact, speaking of, thank you, Sam, for editing this episode. We've been keeping it at a tight 120 every single episode so far, and I am hoping to keep that going for the rest of this chapter. I really appreciate you guys listening. If you haven't yet, go ahead and check out our Patreon. Give us a dollar. Just give us a dollar, please. If you have, if you are hearing this right now and, it, and you think to yourself, ah, uh, uh, maybe later, give us a dollar. But put my name on it. Yeah, put Lusha's name on it. <laughs> Put Max's name on the dollar. <laughs> a buck or two. Yeah. Shaw. Just go on Patreon and give us a buck. It would mean so much. But until next time, we wish you buck. <laughs>